Well, that was embarrassing for Dallas. And now another season is in the books. And instead of wondering who do the Cowboys play in the divisional round, we are wondering, is Mike McCarthy coming back? What exactly does Dak Prescott's future looks like? And much more. We'll dive into it tonight here on Primetime. I guess let's get it started, guys. What is up, everyone? And welcome into ADZ Sports Dallas Primetime. I am your host, Mauricio Rodriguez, streaming with you live every Sunday through Thursday night at 8 p.m. Central here on Dallas On Demand sports talk network with a lot more content coming your way make sure that you check out adzsports.com slash dallas and as always do me a favor to hit the like button and uh get this show in front of more and more cowboys fans oh boy this is one of those games there are there are two types of games that are fun to talk about not not necessarily fun but that are different to talk about when you host a show like this and when you do the like the podcasting and all that uh when it's a tight game right whether it's a win or a loss when it's a tight game there's a lot of nitty-gritty to get into there's a lot of tiny things that you want to break down but when it's a blowout game and i know 48 32 does not spell blowout but boy you know it was a blowout <laughs> if you watch that game there's just like uh an overall approach that you gotta take to the conversation and I think the main takeaway that I have for this game is that there's just there's just no way that they have the benefit of the doubt anymore. And here's what I mean. Last two playoff trips that the Cowboys had, they had disappointing endings, right? They lost in San Francisco last year, and then two years before that, uh, or two years before now, they also lost to San Francisco at home in the divisional round. That was two; di th those were two different type of losses. But I think that the benefit of the doubt came from the fact that we were talking about uber talented rosters, coached by Kyle Shanahan. We were talking about close games where we thought the Cowboys were relative long shots to win the the Super Bowl or something like that. But on Sunday, against the Green Bay Packers, there was no such juggernaut. There was a young and inexperienced 9-8 and eight Packers team that made the playoffs as the seventh seed in the NFC. And let me, let me provide some context for that. This is the first seventh seed to ever win a playoff game in the NFL. It's been three years before 2023-2024 when the NFL has had a seventh seed in the first place. Those teams were 0-6 in the playoffs before today. The Cowboys made damn sure that was going to be 1-6 moving forward because if a team was going to do it, why not the Cowboys, right? And it was a game where you had it at home because the football gods had smiled upon you and had given you the NFC East title, you know, with the, San with the Eagles loss and all that. They had given you the chance to go out there and win the NFC East and to have the second seed and play at home and have what seemed like one of the biggest question marks around this team not be a factor, which was playing on the road. 
They gave you the Packers. You didn't even have to play the high-powered Matthew Stafford-led Rams and all that in the wildcard round. No, you got the Packers because the Pack because the Rams backups beat the Niners backups in Week 18. You were catching some lucky breaks. Stephon Gilmore was able to play. Tyler Smith was able to play. You had a fully healthy offensive line. You had a pretty healthy roster, actually, entering this game. Because sure, we could talk about the Trevon Diggs injury, but the fact of the, of the matter is you haven't been playing with Trevon Diggs this entire season. So it wasn't like he was factored into this uh, whole expectation. And on top of that, you had an experienced play caller on, on your head coach. And it wasn't like even on the other side, you had like this playoff-tested quarterback to, to really think that, hey, you never know against this type of QB. They might get beaten and all that. No, this was a game where however you look at it, this is one of those games that the Cowboys were supposed to win it. They had to win it, and they failed spectacularly in it. It wasn't even close. It wasn't even a nail-biter where you saw a dog fight because the other team showed up with an underdog mentality. No, the Cowboys showed up with an underdog mentality more than the Packers did, honestly, on this one. And it was clear right from the get-go. Packers took a risk. They won the toss. They decided to receive the football. They said, you know what? We bet you cannot stop us, and we're going to go up on the scoreboard, and you're going to have to play from behind. And that's exactly what happened. And then it spiraled out of control as soon as Dak Prescott threw a pick that set the Packers up in the red zone immediately. Later, you had the pick six. And all throughout, the defense did not find an answer to that Packers offense. For some reason, the Cowboys were playing zone defense at a very high rate, even though they had gotten across the entire season playing man coverage. Dan Quinn significantly changed things up in this game, and it didn't work out. And then there were some little things throughout the game. There was Dak Prescott taking a sack he shouldn't have taken um, while rolling out to the right. There was CeeDee Lamb being unhappy. And we'll talk about that more later here on the show. There was, man, there was a third and nine that it was a super random play that I bet it's not going to show up in many uh, post-game breakdowns or anything like that since, since it was a relatively insignificant play. But it really goes to show you just how frustrating it was. Third and nine, and the Cowboys show blitz, right? They walk Donovan Wilson up to the line of scrimmage. They walk Micah Parsons up to the line of scrimmage. And this was early in the game, too. And then third and nine, and Micah Parsons gets dropped back into coverage. And, of course, the pass rush does not get there. And Jordan Love finds his man over the middle of the field with ease. And it's like, really? And then, meanwhile, CeeDee Lamb is clearly not the star of the game plan. And, man, why is he not the star of the game plan? We're going to talk about coaching in a bit here. We're going to talk about the future of Mike McCarthy and all that in a little bit here on the show. But I will leave you with this before I get to the comments. One of the guys that we're going to be talking about for the next few days likely is going to be just Bill Belichick. Whether... It's the right call or not. He's going to come up in the conversations because Bill Belichick is available. One of the quotes that has been circling around from Bill Belichick now that you're seeing the highlights and all that after his Patriots era has come, in, has come to an end. One of the things he says in several of these clips is coaches win this game. Uh, th this is a player's game is what he says. Uh, this is a player's game. This is a player's game. This is a player's game. 
Well, in this game, they didn't feature the guy that rewrote the history books in Cowboys franchise history and took down Michael Irvin's single season record for receiving yards and catches. It didn't feature the guy. Even though it's a player's game, as Bill Belichick said, CeeDee Lamb was not the featured guy on this game plan. Third and nine, and you're dropping the guy that's gotten, uh, that's likely going to get at least one defensive player of the year vote, in my opinion, and he's going to do so for three years. Uh, it's going to be a second, uh, two team, two, excuse me, two time first team old pro and one time second team old pro, Michael Parsons. And what he does best is rushing the passer, but on third and nine, you're dropping him back into coverage. It's a player's game, but the Cowboys, for some reason, maybe wanted to be cuter than they tried to be, you know, just straight up have their players play better football than their rival. As you can see, it's a frustrating game, and we're going to talk more about it. We're going to break it down a little bit more. I just wanted to share some uh, thoughts about the frustration about this game and just how nothing went their way. You know, second down, and Mike McCarthy was calling runs as if it was like the, the one thing that could solve everything. It was second down, run the football. Second down, run the football. First, six second down plays, five of them were runs. And pretty much all of them set up a third down. The one play where they decided to pass in those first six went for 22 yards. The runs averaged under two yards per carry, according to Warren Sharp from uh, Sharp Football. Now, that's, that's just the first six second downs that the Cowboys had, but it didn't get better later in the game either. And then, you know, the whole second half, sure, you can break it down, you can evaluate it, but it really, there's not a whole lot you can evaluate from it because the game was just out of hand at that point. You look at Mike McCarthy, it's an underwhelming game. You look at Dan Quinn, it's an underwhelming game. And let's be honest, you look at Dak Prescott, and it was, it was also a very underwhelming game. So... It's going to be one of those shows where you're trying to assign blame, but also you're not trying to overreact and all that. But the truth is, and, and this is one of the, the things that I thought about before I get to the comments this time for real, is that what pain, what, 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 what he, one of the most painful things out of this loss is that the Green Bay Packers moved on from Aaron Rodgers last year. They moved on from Aaron Rodgers last year. They have a much clearer future right now than the Dallas Cowboys have. And that's with the Cowboys having CeeDee Lamb, Dak Prescott, and Micah Parsons on their roster. And Trevon Dix and De'Ron Bland. And all those guys. But right now, the Cowboys are likely going to change a head, uh, you know, their, their head coach. The Packers are not. It's going to be Matt LaFleur next year. That's what I mean. I'm not even talking about them being closer to a Super Bowl, which right now they literally are because the Cowboys are eliminated and the Packers are moving on to the divisional round. But it's one of those things that I cannot, I, I cannot understand how that is possible. How, how the Packers one year removed from letting Aaron Rodgers go, they, are, they have a much project right now than the Cowboys do and and that is man that is just something that we did not expect before this weekend hey it sucks that the Eagles have a shot at beating the Tampa Bay Bucks and they have a shot at, be, at playing in the divisional round even though they made it as a wild card and while well, the Cowboys are already out 
Ooh-wee. Let's get to it, man. Let's get to some of these comments here, uh, and let's let's keep talking about this. We're going to talk about Mike McCarthy and where he stands, what I, what I think will happen, because right now the whispers are loud about Mike McCarthy's future, and he's likely not expected to come back, honestly, at this point, based on the early reports. With that all in mind, let me say hi to you guys in the chat. And by the way, if you enjoy the show, even if you don't enjoy the topic per se, hit the like button for me. Uh, thanks so much for being here. Let's see. Let's see here. Uh, Toxic Tom had a comment here that I want to read first. Uh, he says, they didn't feature Lamp. Why just effing why? Man, that was insane. Early on, I, I know you guys watch it in the broadcast, and I know when you watch those sort of like takes or shots on on, uh, on a football game and then the commentators are framing a storyline for you and it it felt like that for a while where the commentators were like, you know, Dak and CD and Mike, they're not happy right now. They're talking a lot. The vibes feel off. And for a moment, my brain wanted to resist that. I was like, I don't know, man. It just feels like it was a rough start and, you know, they're just pissed right now. But it sure as heck looked like just in retrospect and watching the entire game that that was CD being upset at not being the featured playmaker on that game plan. And some people will say, oh, what a diva. You know, he's a diva wide receiver. He just wants the football. To all that, I say, miss me with that. Because every single time that CD Lamb has spoken out and has complained about not being featured, about not getting the ball nearly enough, about not being the go-to guy on this offense. Every single time, C.D. Lamb has been the one in the right. Dude said it in week five. The Cowboys changed their offense, and the Cowboys went on a great run where C.D. couldn't help but getting 150 receiving yards every single week. And it happened every eight days. And then there was, I cannot remember what game it was, but there was another game where they didn't look at him that much and he was upset again. And then he blew up again for the next few weeks. So at that point, you got to be like, who is right? CD has every right in the world to be upset in that game if he's not the featured guy on the game plan. Why? Because we go back to the Bill Belichick quote. This is a game that is won by the players. And you can be all cute with your scheme and all that, but man, that was not a game plan where the Cowboys were trying to feature CD. And Dak Prescott is to blame about a whole lot of stuff, and we'll get to that too. But don't make it about like, hey, Dak didn't want to want, uh, want to throw CD's way because that was that was not exactly what happened in the first half. Because when they wanted to feed CD, they did it in a whole bunch of ways that were not even read sometimes, or it was the first read. And the Cowboys were not getting seeded the ball in this game. And that's just inexplicable to me. I don't think it was even about the coverage and all that. I think it was just the Cowboys not finding ways. Because And the reason why I said that, why I say that about the coverage is we've seen all sorts of coverages against CD that have worked for Dallas. We've seen uh, man coverage and the Cowboys found ways to get seeded the ball. We saw some coverages. The Cowboys found ways to get him the ball. We saw brackets. We saw all that. The one thing that seemed to slow down this offense was really top-tier coverage units, which the Packers aren't supposed to have. 
So I just look at it that way and I'm like, man, I I, I cannot be happy with Mike McCarthy after what whatever that game was. And I was somebody before this weekend, I was somebody that before this weekend, I felt like, you know, I don't see how the Cowboys move on from Mike McCarthy. I didn't expect them to lose this way, though. And right now, I wrote a column for ADC Sports right after the game. I think McCarthy is out. This is just my opinion. Nothing has happened yet. But I think that dude is gone from Dallas. I think Jerry Jones is... Hey, he can say that he hasn't thought about it. You know he's thought about it. You know he's thought about it. Heck, that, that, uh, that we'll see how each game goes... Quote, looked pretty calculated to me. He, he was being safe. Heck, yeah, he's thought about it. I think McCarthy is out right now from Dallas. I don't know. I don't know where the Cowboys go from here. I don't know who, if whoever they bring in is going to be a good choice for Dallas. I'm not very high on that idea. But I do think McCarthy is gone especially with the big names that are available out during the head coaching carousel. And hear me right, not saying that those guys are going to be any better, but especially with those guys available, man, Jerry's going to be much more inclined to making a big change. And I have more thoughts on that for later on the show here too. But before that, uh, we do have a super chat. All is well, says right now, I don't even want to do sound effects for the super chat because we have the here we go effect we have the how about them cowboys effect i don't want to do any of those so we won't we're just going to do super chat the defense didn't set the tone they scored first drives as always well oh yeah the defense was a hell lot of a disappointment you know just no answers at all no answers at all let's see here uh, who hired McCarthy says Cam. You know, of course, the Cowboys. I like Harbo says Mark Aaron. Not sure he would get along with Jerry, though. Uh, Eternal Die Nasty says, super with a super chat, uh, we need Ravens like defense if you want to win because being top offensive team is meaningless. I'm not sure that's going to hold up in court. Like, if you look at just the teams that are making championship rounds over the last few years. But... I do think, man, if, if we talk about, like, I would lean towards an offensive mind myself, as Toxic Tom says here in the chat. But I understand, like, looking at this game and being like, oh, yeah, the offense is not going to work at all. But the thing is, your offense didn't work in the playoffs, though. Right? That's how I view it, though. That's how I view it. Regardless of the conversation about an offensive mind or a defensive mind, Here's my thing. Here's my dilemma, right? I'm all for moving on from Mike McCarthy after whatever that game was. Because to me, as I said, you do lose the benefit of the doubt a little bit where the last two years I could maybe wake up with a cooler head and think, oh, all right, the Cowboys lost to the Niners. And let's face it, the Niners are a pretty good freaking team. And they're going to beat a lot of teams, right? Uh, the Niners made the NFC Championship game in both of the occasions that they eliminated the Cowboys. And both times they were pretty close, actually, uh, to going all the way. Maybe if they don't 
play with Christian McCaffrey as their quarterback last year. Maybe they beat the, the Philadelphia Eagles, right? This is a team that not that long ago was in the Super Bowl, leading in the third quarter against the Kansas City Chiefs. So you could come up with that without a benefit of the doubt. Not with this game, though. Not with this game, though, in my opinion. Now, here's, again, here's my dilemma, though. Although I feel like that about Mike McCarthy, I also think, why are you moving on from McCarthy? You're not moving on from McCarthy because he's not established a winning team in the regular season, right? The benchmark is not having a winning team because you've had three back-to-back-to-back 12-win seasons. So if you move on from Mike McCarthy, you're going to be doing it for postseason success. And I look at Mike Ravel and I go, so this guy has had early playoff exits since 2020, I believe. Yeah, since 2020. And two losing seasons recently. And the one time that he made the AFC Championship game, he did it on a somewhat of a Cinderella story thing where he was a sixth seed in the AFC and advanced to the AFC Championship game only to lose right before right, right before uh, the Super Bowl. You look at uh, Bill Belichick, and that has been a disaster in New England ever since Tom Brady left, which, by the way, Tom Brady left because Bill Belichick said he couldn't play anymore. It was Bill Belichick's call that Tom Brady couldn't play anymore. And since then, it's been a disaster. They had Matt Patricia coach the offense for Mac Jones, all sorts of wild stuff in the Patriots that just does not say winning football. And you look at Jim Harbaugh, and yeah, Jim Harbaugh, you know, he might be one of the biggest mysteries in the NFL, right? He, he's that guy that made the championship game three times in a row, made the Super Bowl, has been winning in a whole different system of competition, but he has been winning in college football but he also looked like, oh, man, I don't know about Jim Harbour, right? Like, in part, I will say, I will admit, I would be excited about Jim Harbour, potentially. He's like the one guy out of those three that I really could get excited about. But I also know that, you know, he's not like the next big thing, maybe in the sense of a young coordinator that is going to destroy the NFL, which leads me to this. Sure, I could get excited about Ben Johnson, the Lions offensive coordinator. I could excited get excited about Bobby Slowick from the Houston Texans. I could get excited about uh, Mike McDonald. But all of those options could also blow up in a big way because they're inexperienced and you just don't know what you're getting in a head coach from them because they've never done the job. And regardless of how we feel about that, how do the Cowboys feel about that? Do the Cowboys really move on from Mike McCarthy to take a shot at one of these young hotshots, even if they come from a Kyle Shanahan tree and all that? Or do the Cowboys just move on from Mike McCarthy and take one of those three big guys in Jim Harbaugh, Bill Belichick, or Mike Ravel, only to think and wonder if they're going to make you advanced further in the postseason. And if that is a whole bet, if that is a whole gamble, what does their history tell you about your chances of winning and cashing in on that gamble? Because I don't think they tell you a lot. 
So right now, I just look at the future of the Cowboys, and I'm like, damn, can they win this one? Can they can they walk away from this whole situation with a dove? With all, are, are we gonna look back to the 2024 offseason and be like, oh yeah, they handled that perfectly? Right now, my sentiment is, nah, they're not gonna. Uh, that's kind of like, and and I, that might sound defeatist or something, but that is how I feel right now. And I think that when you look at the at the situation that these Cowboys are in, just just yikes. And one more thing that I will say, though, is that Dak Prescott does make a compelling argument for Mike McCarthy. Now, again, I do not believe that McCarthy will stay around. But if you want to make the case for for Mike to stay around, I think it's Dax, which has, in that case, it should be me as well. It should be about me as well. He said this in the presser. I've had the season I've had because of him. This team has had the success we've had because of him. I understand it's about winning the Super Bowl. I understand it's the standard and all that, uh, blah, blah, blah. I get it, but add me to the list in that case. And it is true that out of those coaches, Mike Rabel, Jim Harbaugh, and Bill Belichick, the one guy that I would trust to maybe have a shot at, at, at having a season like Dak just had in 2023 would be maybe Jim Harbaugh. I don't think Bill Belichick makes Dak have that kind of a of a season. I don't think Mike Rabel does either. Obviously, like they're defensive-minded guys and all that, but I don't think they also uh, built the type of staff that is going to give you that from Dak. So, so all that, yeah, right. That's that's one thing that you need to consider as well. Now, I understand people will be like, "Well, let's talk about Dak himself, though, right?" Let's talk about Dak himself. What does his future look like in Dallas? And I'll get to that shortly here. But before I do that, uh, we do have another super chat and some other comments uh, that I want to get to. Uh, if you're here, if you're enjoying the show, if you like what you see, hit the like button for me. Let me, if you're new to the show, let me introduce myself. We are live every Sunday through Thursday night at 8 p.m. Central here uh, on ADC Sports Dallas. And as always, as always, even though we are about to embark in the offseason, we do stick around for the offseason. So we are live five nights per week during the offseason as well. Uh, with all that being said, the super chat from Byron Joe David. Shout out to you, sir. Thank you for the support. He says, Mike McCarthy is one on three in the playoffs with the Cowboys with an overall 11 and 11 postseason record. Time to move on, is what uh, Byron says. And just for the record, for the record, this is not something that we're also just making up out of thin air. There have been several reporters that have suggested that Mike was going to be judged based on how the season ended. And this is how the season ended. So that seems like it carries some significant weight when it comes about what when it comes to what the decision is going to be for the Cowboys. And then on top of that, you just add just add these uh add it up add it up right Jerry Jones was asked about Mike's future early in the week and he said we'll see how each game goes this is after a third 12 win season where the Cowboys were celebrating the NFC East title and Jerry said we will see how each game goes then he went on 105.3 the fan and he said oh no 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 people misunderstand me I didn't say that 
I am very happy with Mike. But he also didn't say his job was safe. You know? He went like, oh, no, no, no. I didn't say that. But he also didn't reaffirm McCarthy's job status with the Cowboys. He said, there's one year left in his contract. He didn't say he could easily move on from that year in his contract also. So we're just not we're we're not making this up out of thin air that Mike McCarthy likely has one foot out the door. Let's see here. Let's see some more of your comments. Oh boy. This is going to be a long off season, isn't it? It's going to be a long off season because <clears throat> man. I think it's the most disappointing loss that I can remember. And for the record, I am uh, I am 24 years old, so maybe a limited a limited sample size there. But bear with me. 2014, 2016, and I'm talking season, not not the the calendar year, because you know January and all that. 2014 season, 2016 season, 2018, 2021, 2022. Aaron Rodgers in the Green Bay Packers. Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers. Oh, snap. Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers. No, am I right? And then you had uh, San Francisco 49ers and San Francisco 49ers. Was it in 2018? Was it Packers again? Like 2014, 2016, and 2018? Yikes. And then now 2023? Are you kidding me, man? God damn. Anyways. Now I'm more pissed than I was just a moment ago. But you see what I mean? You see what I mean? Uh, you're talking about Rutgers. You're talking about the Packers. You're talking about teams that at least made sense. They were going to beat you. Because either you were the underdog or that it was Aaron Rodgers on the other side of the field. That's true. That's true, Jamal. Thank you. Thank you for that. You saved me right there. I was like, that doesn't add up. That was the Rams game. Heck, even that made some sense because the 2018 Rams, they made they made the Super Bowl. Didn't they? That was a Patriots year. Patriots Rams in the Super Bowl, was it? It also made sense. Heck, the game was in LA. That game was in LA. It was in the Coliseum. Sure, there were a lot of Cowboys fans in the stands, but it wasn't at AT&T Stadium. It wasn't a thing where you were like the, the super undisputable favorite to win it. That was the game where Rod Marinelli got roasted. Do you remember that with the hand signal stuff? That the Rams knew exactly what their Cowboys were planning every single snap. That was such a frustrating game too. But that's part of my point. Like all of those teams had something to do against you. Like they were supposed to be big time games. They were supposed to be competitive games. I'm not saying the Cowboys were supposed to blow out the Green Bay Packers. 50 to nothing. But I also will like, you know, point out this was a wildcard team, seven seed, nine and eight. They had no business bidding you, man. As much respect as I have for like Jordan Love. And we talked very well about, uh, very good things about Jordan Love this week. Um, I told you all I was very surprised at what they were doing in Green Bay and all that. I wasn't that scared though. I wasn't this scared though. Let's see what you guys have to say, though, in the chat. <laughs> that goddamn hit hard. 
<laughs> yeah, man, I, I was like, damn, bro. Uh, but not nah, 2018 was the Rams indeed. Out of all those games, this was the most disappointing one for sure. This was the most disappointing one because it wasn't even a competitive game. I was going to laugh so much if the Cowboys scored like the final touchdown of this game and made it maybe 40 to 48 with a two-point conversion because I just imagined like the year is 2060 and my son walks up to me and he's like, oh, this was an, a badass game, wasn't it? 48-40, tell me about it. Sounds like it was a badass game, right? And I would be like, just immediately triggered at this memory. <laughs> but anyways, let's let's keep uh, reading some of your comments here. Uh, Jack Smith is all week. The media kept saying we were going to lose. Why are we prepared, says Jackie. Heck, that's the case. Fox, like Fox ended its pregame show when every single analyst picked the Cowboys. Everyone was picking the Cowboys. Yeah, toxic, exactly. Uh, how is this, Bo? I'm not talking to you again until someone is fired. Hey, that might be pretty, that might be pretty soon here. That might be pretty soon, in my opinion. Matt says, we need to quit depending on draft picks. Jerry Jones, no chances ever in free agency. We had so many opportunities to get great players this season, but missed our chances. And Matt, first and foremost, I agree with you. But this also makes me think of this. Even this offseason, you went and got Stephon Gilmore. You went and got Brandon Cooks. And they were huge parts of your season. Because they were. We can talk all we want about Brandon Cooks and, and Dak maybe not hitting in those go routes and all that. But he was key to the Cowboys, especially when that red zone offense started to improve. A lot of it was due to Brandon Cooks, right? Stephon Gilmore obviously was your top cornerback or one of your... I mean, yeah, I'm not going to get into the bland uh, Gilmore thing. I mean... Bland was rightfully first-team All-Pro. But point being, he was always one of your top two cornerbacks, taking into account the fact that Trevon Diggs did not play a whole lot. He was your starter at outside corner all year long. You made those trades. You were aggressiver, uh, more aggressive, uh, not, not trying to compliment them for, for, for aggression because they also didn't do anything in the trade deadline, as Matt here points out. But my point is, even that makes me more disappointed about this game. Because last year it was like, yeah, they want to do everything with draft picks. They want to do this. They want to, heck, they got two veterans that worked out for Dallas and then didn't in the playoffs. Let's see here. Uh, Sakai Trout is going in a timeout because <laughs> it's not true. Just gonna gonna go ahead and do that. I do think Mike is out. I do think Mike is out, even if uh, news is not uh, broken. And they won't likely for a few days. Uh, Louis Ankin says Brink brings Slowick. I just, and, and I kind of like you know. Let's be honest with ourselves. They're not bringing Slowick, right? You know, they're not gonna bring Slowick. There's just no way. There, there's no way they bring Ben Johnson. There's no way they bring Mike McDonald from the Ravens. And I might be being a pessimist, man, but just like based on the way this front office does things, they're just not going to take that kind of a shot. Dallas was overconfident. His badger pack uh, got a punch in the mouth and were too soft to recover. 
Lunar says, same thing that troubled us all season, troubled us this game. Yeah, you had you had penalties right from the get-go. Opening drive, two third-down penalties. And then you had a bad game plan, basically, in this game. A bad running offense. About all that. So I do think a lot of those things that were an issue, an, an issue all year long where the issue today uh toxic says be toxic mo man i i feel like i've done uh, i've done my toxic part tonight i'm not gonna lie let's see here fins or fraud said it all years his word of wisdom fins fins or fraud yeah maybe too but maybe maybe fins too man uh thank you for the comment thank you for the thank you for the for, for the reminder that maybe the cowboys are not the only ones maybe uh johnson i think this team needs a refresh of young players and coaches Stevie Max says Cook still has one more year left on his deal. Uh, the real fans is McCarthy won them three 12 win seasons. Who can say, who can they get to replace that production? And that is why I believe, like, the Cowboys, if they move on from McCarthy, which I believe they will, they're going to do it with an experienced guy that can maybe sustain that level of regular season success as opposed to a young guy who could be a home run pick uh, or a home run swing, but you could also strike out with a young guy that maybe doesn't do the job right uh, at head coach. Unity says, do you think Mike McCarthy will be let go by tomorrow morning? I would be surprised if it is that fast. But right now, yeah. Right now, I lean towards Mike McCarthy not being the head coach of Dallas in 2024. And that's... Not just a, a gut reaction to the game. It's just based on Jerry's comments as well and the reports that have been coming out. You had Adam Schefter saying that people close to the situation always thought that that, that McCarthy was going to be judged based on, on how the season ended, and we saw how it ended. Toxic says Jason Gart, Garrett Homecoming, book it. Oh, man. Don't even get that. Don't even get that in the chat here. Don't don't even get that started, Toxic. You, can you imagine that? Let's see here. Uh, now, Dan Quinn. Now, uh, a lot of people will try to say, you know, Dan Quinn could also be in the mix. Heck, I don't know if you want him back as a defensive coordinator after whatever that game was. <laughs> now, bear with me. Uh, I'm partly kidding. There's also not a whole lot you can do to ignore the fact that Dan Quinn has led one of the best defenses in the NFL over the last three years. But it was not a great game for Dan Quinn. And he had several of those uh, this year, in my opinion. Running, running, rushing defense was an issue all year long, right? You had uh, the Masses Smith decision, having his weight pulled down and basically turned into a three technique, even though he was a freak in the draft process because of his size, because of his strength and all that. You took some of that away by design. So it's also one of those things where, man, Dan Quinn is head coach. I don't know who's going to get on that boat, right? Forget the, forget the defensive coordinator thing. Man, you're not going to get a whole lot of people to board that train that Dan Quinn is head coach train. You're not going to get a whole lot of that this, this uh, offseason. We'll see if he does leave for Seattle. I'm not sure what that's how that's going to play out. But I would assume he's, he's going to Seattle personally, though. 
Toxic says Dan Quinn has had 1,000 picks in every year. It falls apart down the road, uh, especially against the run. I am over Dan Quinn. Drono says bringing Harbo. A lot of people will call for Belichick. A lot of people will call for Brable. It's going to be an interesting few days here on primetime and on uh, the Cowboys world, the Cowboys fear. <laughs> Dro says, yeah, he's going to Seattle. The Seattle Dragons of the UFL. <laughs> I, didn't, I did not see that one coming, Dro. Respect to you, sir. <laughs> you got me there. Uh, Brent says, no damn linebackers. And on a related note, I saw a comment around here. This was from, uh, I think it was, there you go. Lost in Translation podcast who says, uh, Mo, we never really addressed the linebacker position and we paid for it. And, and, and it is true, right? Linebacker was always a thin position. And as much as I could sit here and say, they brought Marvin Oversham. He got hurt. They had Leighton Vanderish. He got hurt. Uh, basically, Damon Clark and, and Marquise Bell were basically your backups, right? We could say all that. But also, the reality is the Leighton Van Der Esch injury thing and, and the Marvin Overshone even more so, those happened well before the trade deadline. Well before it. And it still didn't matter. They didn't pull anything off. Uh, they did sign Rashawn Evans, right? They did sign Rashawn Evans and uh, then later got rid of him. I don't, I don't think that was like a, a season-breaking decision to let go, to let him go. But yeah. Oh boy, now, now, now you're just trying to, now you're just trying to feel a, to, to make us feel bad, bro. He says we drafted Busman, Fatiber, Nick Bolton. Now you're just, now you're just trying to, to make us go in, into depression. All right. Uh, some more comments though before before we get out of here. One more thing that I'll say though. One more thing that I'll say is all right. Dak Prescott. Dak Prescott. It's a tough conversation. It's a tough conversation, especially after that second team all pro season that Dak just gave us, uh, which has been the best of his career so far. I think it's a different type of discussion because I do believe replacing a signal caller in the NFL is honestly harder than replacing a head coach. I think this league is full of Either you, this is how I view it. Either you have a franchise QB or you are in QB limbo. You're in one of those two worlds if you're an NFL team, right? Or just, just downright terrible and have nobody at a QB, which is even worse. But I feel like you always have somebody there uh, that can keep you in somewhat of a quarterback limbo. <clears throat> Some examples are the New Orleans Saints. We had to go get Derek Carr. Some other examples are teams like that are maybe trying a young QB that wasn't a top draft pick like Sam Howell, but they're open to finding another QB as soon as they can. Or the Steelers with Kenny Pickett. We had Kenny Pickett who was a 20th overall pick, and then they moved on to Mitch Trubisky and Mason Rudolph. Sure, there was an injury in there, but Kenny Pickett could play in the postseason tomorrow. It's going to be Mason Rudolph, though. So the way that I see it is I just wouldn't. I just, I don't think the Cowboys move on from Dak Prescott. I wouldn't want them to move on from Dak Prescott. 
And it's a different conversation than the one you have at head coach. However, I do think there is starting to be a little bit more merit to the questions about his playoff performances. And it goes back to what I said about the Niners earlier in the show. Maybe you had the benefit of the doubt with these games being against the Niners. But I think Dak played a terrible game today against one of the worst defenses in the NFL, statistically speaking. And as much respect as I had for the Packers offense and everything that they had going on on that side of the ball, there's no denying the Packers defense is a, a flawed one. Sure, we can talk about the game plan. We can talk about the second down runs. We can talk about C.D. Lamb uh, and the frustration and all that. But it's also fair, in my opinion, to say we also don't know who, who Dak Prescott really is as a playoff QB or if he can take that next step. That being said, though, finding a QB in the NFL is extremely difficult. I do think he's one of the best QBs in the league. I'm not saying Galit. I'm not saying any of that. Just objectively, one of the best QBs in the league. And I just think that, hey, there's a lot in that. There's a lot of plays in that game where just individually, I was like, there's no way, Dak. The two picks were ugly. You, you can talk about the route with Brandon Cooks. You can talk about a potential DPI with Jair Alexander and all that in that particular play. But I do think it was ugly. Uh, the pick six was extremely ugly. No excuse for that one. And then he should have had a third pick uh, in the end zone when he was targeted, targeting uh, Jake Ferguson in that play. And, and, and you know what, which I'm talking about. Uh, that was in the second half. That should have been the third pick of the game. Again, there was a third sack. There were some plays where they're just, sure, there, there were plays where he had nowhere to go, but there were also some plays where he was he was maybe a little bit too, too rushed at one point uh, in a game and was not making right decisions. But finding a QB is much harder, and I don't see how Dallas moves on from Dak. Uh, do I wonder if Dallas maybe starts to consider taking a flyer? Add more QBs in the NFL draft? Sure, I could see that being the case. I could see that being the case, but I don't think it, we are at a point where uh, 2024 Dak plays on, on his contract year, and, and after that, that's it. I don't see that happening. I do think he's extended this offseason. Uh, the conversation is going to be a chaos when we get to that point, uh, but that would be my prediction. My prediction would be the Cowboys change head coach uh, the Cowboys tick with Dak Prescott though for the uh, for the for a contract extension and all that. Anyways, ladies and gentlemen, we, we we will close the show right now. And there's a whole lot we have to discuss though. There's a whole lot we have to discuss uh, moving forward, and we're gonna do it here on primetime every single night, Sunday through Thursday, 8 p.m. Central Time. And ladies and gentlemen, I will see you. Let me let me find my outro music very quickly. I will see you tomorrow night, 8 p.m. Central. Oh, boy. Hit the like button for me if you enjoyed the show. It's a frustrating loss. It's okay if you treat it as such. It's okay if you if you cry a little bit maybe tonight. <laughs> I'm kidding, but I'm also not quite kidding. Uh, have a drink if you want, but be safe. Mark Aaron says, who wants to come drink with me? Uh, be safe if you do, though. Thanks so much, and I'll see you tomorrow night, 8 p.m. Central. Ah, sports, man, sports. Overrated and underrated at the same time. Bye-bye.